Hello again, I'm Paul Jones, and welcome to program two of A Beginner's Guide to the Blues. You'll remember that this is my musical foundation course, and this week I've got half a dozen really special records by, or influenced by, John Lee Hooker. John Lee was the last direct link with the great era of Delta blues musicians. First off is this. <laughs> references to Hastings Street and Henry's Swing Club. John Lee Hooker, of course, with the seminal and autobiographical Boogie Chillin'. It also illustrates wonderfully his distinctive, percussive, almost primitive style. 
Absolutely sensational, and in more ways than one, for it was made in 1948 in Detroit and released firstly on Bernie Bessman's Sensation label, before Bessman sold the early material to modern records. Importantly, though, it marked the real launch of a mercurial career. Now, John Lee Hooker was about 30 when he made Boogie Chillin'. I say about, because his birth year is a matter of some debate, with dates between 1917 and 1921 being given, although most experts seem to settle on 1918 or 19. What we do know is that he came from the Deep South, Clarksdale, Mississippi, and his parents were sharecroppers. John Lee's grandfather taught him the guitar, but it was his stepfather, Will Moore, who gave him that foot-stamping style which was to be such a trademark. John Lee drifted for much of his youth. Amazingly, he managed to spend three months in the army in Detroit at the age of 14 before he was discovered and booted out. But after a brief spell back home, he moved on again, first to Memphis, where he got a job as a theatre usher while playing the blues with Robert Lockwood, and then on to Cincinnati, where he played gospel with the Fairfield Four. In 1943, he moved back to Detroit and wasted no time in getting involved in the burgeoning music scene on Hastings Street, as you heard earlier. While working as a janitor with Chrysler, he formed a band, quickly earning himself a good reputation around the clubs. However, one night during a gig at the Monte Carlo Club, he was spotted and introduced to the aforementioned Bernie Bessman. By the way, on that first session, Hooker did Sally May as well, which was interestingly originally planned to be the A-side. Right, more music now. John Lee Hooker's influences were Blind Lemon Jefferson and Charlie Patton, to name but two. Of course, in turn, he made a considerable impact on many contemporary musicians. And you'll hear two bands this evening for whom Hooker was king. This is band number one. I like the way you walk. I'm crazy about your walk. I love the way you talk. When you talk and act talk. I love to watch you walking. You're my baby. I got my eyes on you. I see you every day. In your
Animals and the hooker number Dimples, recorded in 1964 with the amazing varnish-stripping voice of Eric Burden. Just listen to the energy in that. I really think they did justice to the number. And by the way, they recorded it round about the same time as John Lee was touring the UK, and his original version, made eight years earlier, got into the British Top 40. The Animals were one of the most credible British blues bands of the time, and hooker numbers were often featured in their sets. Indeed, they scored a minor hit with their cover of Boom Boom. Yet on the face of it, there was little in common between a black American from the Deep South and a band of young Geordies. But as Eric Burden was to admit in a radio interview at the time, Hooker's songs about working like a slave and having trouble with women really struck home. They shared the hardships of urban life, and they shared the decidedly dangerous experience of gigging at Newcastle's Club A Go Go, where fights were an every night occurrence. Actually, John Lee Hooker was said to be wary of playing there because of its reputation. Strange, really, being so used to the Detroit ghetto. Hooker echoed Muddy Waters when he expressed his delight that white musicians from England were bringing the life back to the blues, and he took every opportunity to encourage that. So, who was best of all? Haha, <laughs> well, that's an argument we can have all night. Tony McPhee and John Lee's Groundhogs got a strong endorsement from Hooker himself. And then, of course, Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac would be high up on the leaderboard. And you may have other ideas. However, over in the States, it was probably this band who first worked with John Lee on an album in 1971 and who are band number two of Hooker worshippers in the program. Listen now to Canned Heat with John Lee on Messing with the Hook. Look at what you done.
<laughs> I just had to wait for that last chord. Fantastic. Messing with the hook. Owing a fair bit to Junior Wells and messing with the kid, but then that's Hooker. From the album Hooker and Heat, recorded back in 1971, and that collaboration was, I really do think, the best. Right, I'm Paul Jones, and you're listening to A Beginner's Guide to the Blues. We're spotlighting John Lee Hooker. <laughs> It's just one of the ways in which the blues is being interpreted now, and I played it because of the influence of John Lee Hooker. He was on it, although not in person, and so was Miles Davis. Actually, the band was the French contemporary jazz outfit Saint-Germain, with a track called Sure Thing, and it's absolutely amazing, I think, what they've done. Both John Lee and Miles Davis were there, courtesy of modern technology, with samples from the track Harry's Philosophy, originally on the film soundtrack album The Hot Spot. And the guitarist, by the way, was Ernest Wranglin. 
John Lee Hooker's career was varied, to say the least. He had a cameo role in the 1980 film The Blues Brothers, and his music was featured in the soundtrack of The Colour Purple, released in 86. He'd almost quit the business back in 1974 when his ABC contract expired, but he was persuaded against going by a new deal with Atlantic. Many, many musicians have collaborated with John Lee Hooker, and I'm reminded of what Robert Cray told me about accompanying him. John Lee's style was idiosyncratic, and he would feel the music rather than stick to the rules. Therefore, the idea of a 12-bar blues was expanded to extra notes or phrases as the whim took him. That could be a nightmare, and you had to be on top of this. But as Robert said, as long as you had the feeling, it was fine. And talking of Robert Cray, let's now hear a track with him backing Hooker. After a couple of decades of relentless record-making and touring, the late 70s and 80s were comparatively quiet for John Lee, but in 1988 he was back with an album called The Healer. Produced by Roy Rogers, it featured a list of admirers as guests, including Santana, Bonnie Raitt and Los Lobos. There was a reunion with Canned Heat and a track, as I said, with Robert Cray. Don't do me wrong 
Baby Lee with John Lee Hooker accompanied by Robert Cray on guitar and with plenty of feeling from the album The Healer, which really kick-started the next phase of Hooker's career. John Lee was never one to miss a commercial opportunity, and perhaps the classic American tale of rags to riches illustrates this. After a childhood spent in poverty in the Deep South, he ended his life in the comfort of the California sunshine. His attitude to exclusive contracts was always flexible, and he used countless other names to get round them. John Lee Booker, Little Pork Chops, and Birmingham Sam are just three. But the man was an inspiration. He won four Grammys. One of them in 1990 was for another track off the Healer album with Bonnie Raitt, who said of him that his guitar playing was the most erotic thing she had ever heard. Two more Grammys came in 98, and we're going to play out with one of the award-winning tracks shortly. During the 90s, Hooker reached a whole new audience, and he became more popular than ever. Now, I don't like to get too involved in chart statistics, but it's important to note here that his award-winning 1991 album, Mr. Lucky, made number three in the album chart, and he was the oldest person to get that high. Mr. Lucky had another impressive list of guests, including Johnny Winter, who had some 12 years earlier boosted the career of Muddy Waters. In 92, a reworked Boom Boom with Van Morrison and Albert Collins got to 15 in the charts, and the grand old man of the blues even made an incongruous appearance on top of the pops. So this is Paul Jones playing out with John Lee Hooker and Van Morrison, and as they first worked together in 1971, it's fitting that I end the show with that collaboration. Morrison, it can be said, idolised Hooker, and he produced the double Grammy award-winning album Don't Look Back. From it comes the Van Morrison song and the surely Hooker-inspired Gloria. She come round here about midnight. She come round here about midnight. Make me feel so good. Every night about midnight. Come to my home. Make me feel alright. Walking down the street, she knock on my door. Walking down the street, she knock on my door. She come in my room, room, but it feels so good. You know what a woman do? Well, why she make me feel alright? She's a your bone woman, not your bone soul sender. Not your bone woman, not your bone soul sender. Come here by midnight. Yeah, yeah. I tell you about my baby. Well, you come around. Yeah. 
What's in me? 